Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that kicks everything to find all the secrets, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Boom. I'm doing good, Cortland. That's good. Yeah. Did you find anything secret lately? No. No good secrets. Only no, horrible secrets. Terrible, horrible secrets that you just cover back up. Yeah. Just kick them again. do. If I found something horrible on the street or something, I'd just cover it up and walk away. I wouldn't even bother covering up, covering it up. I would just walk away. <laughs> I ain't got time for that shit. Now, if it was something really horrible, would you like hide around the corner and wait and see if like who's gonna find it? Um, that depends. What is it? What is an example of something horrible? I don't know. Like my immediate thought is dead body. <laughs> Jeez, just yeah, on the street. Well. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, maybe, like, you look down a manhole grate and you see a dead body down there. Oh, okay. Uh, I would just cover it. <laughs> just put a piece of cardboard over it and whistle, walk away. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I'd be responsible and I would call the police. I don't know, man, but then if you call the police, your whole day's wrapped up, you know? That's true. They're going to be like, all right, well, you know what they say. Whoever smelt it, dealt it. Like, book them, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yep. That's why. That's why you just cover it up. Yeah. With, you know, McDonald's wrappers, and you just pff, split. That sounds right. Sounds right. So how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. That's good. You know, Australia's on fire right now. That sucks. I mean, literally on fire. All of the the woods are burning. And the sky is filled with smoke. Like, legitimately? Like, in California, how they always have wildfires? Yep. Oh. I didn't see anything about it on Reddit, so I'm just oblivious to all that. It's all the rage here. I guess so. That sounds like a rager. Um, Well, maybe it'll be like in California and Guy Fieri will come over and, like, whip up some burgers and stuff for the Australian firefighters. Hey, that sounds good. I'm willing to go to Flavortown. I bet I bet he makes pretty good burgers. Oh. Actually, he'll probably put, like, blue cheese and, like, a fucking egg on top and stuff, though. My standard for burgers isn't very high. I'll eat just about anything. I don't know, man. I'm not much of a burger guy. What? Yeah. I just, I look at him, like, if we're going out to a restaurant or something, and I'm like, okay, I'm not getting a burger because I can make that myself. <laughs> you know? I guess. But I never make burgers, so I don't know what I'm know. what I'm thinking of my like what am I doing? I'm always down for a burger. That reminds me, I was talking to somebody at work and she was like, I don't like pizza. Ooh. And that is literally the first person I've ever met in my entire life who was like, Pizza, not for me. <laughs> uh did you just like blink and then turn around and walk away? <laughs> Pretty much. That's what I would have done. I was like I would have just been like hmm. Yes, you do like pizza. Shut up. <laughs> so today is my son's fifth birthday and i bring him up because he doesn't really care for hot pizza but he will eat a slice of cold pizza hey cold pizza is the shit i love cold like i think i actually prefer cold pizza so I, it's not that weird but it's just kind of weird that he like almost refuses to eat hot pizza <laughs> <laughs> the way it's meant to be eaten <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, he's like... That's like only liking soggy cereal. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Or like warm, 
warm soda pop or something. Ugh. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's funny that our recordings always seem to happen on like my anniversary or my son's birthday. <laughs> yes, you spend all of life's milestones locked away. <laughs> Talking about a children's In the recording booth. <laughs> like, the red light is oh. on. Go away. Get to your room, family. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandon, do you want to get into this episode? I didn't ask how you are doing, Cortland. I'm doing fine. Um, I've been just working a lot, like, almost all the time, every time you ask me, because my life revolves around podcasts, sleeping, eating, and working. Mm-hmm. That's the life. The American yeah. dream. Oh, oh my god, we put up Christmas lights uh, like a week ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I had to get out the do ladder. You, do you go hard on the Christmas lights, or do you do a tasteful strip of blue and maybe uh, throw some around one tree? I didn't throw any around any trees. I just put it up ar- around my um, like the gutter of my house. Mm-hmm. I've never done Christmas lights myself. Um, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of getting up on the ladder, my like personally. Christmas lights just look wrong in the summer. Well, yeah, but that's what Christmas is in Australia. I know, and I'll just never be used to it. But everybody else around you is used to it, so they look at your house and they're like, "Oh, look at that fucking family!" And I don't even have a goddamn Christmas lights. Yep, no spirit. Like I'm gonna put a fucking blow up Santa out there with that. Dude in that big heavy coat and the hat and the, the winter boots and it's fucking a hundred degrees. No, but other people just look do silly. that, right? Yeah, they do it, but okay. it's silly. I don't know what to tell you, man. Just move back to America. It'll be everything you remember, and then some. Take your wife, take your kids, scoop back over here. <laughs> I'll just uproot them from their lives and be like you'll see a real christmas yeah that's what this is all about and then you'll like end up in florida or something and the kids will be like what's this shit dad (laughs) watch your mouth (laughs) you're gonna get fucking coal for christmas (laughs) you're at like the southern tip of texas and the kids are just like this is no different (laughs) well we're hundreds of thousands of dollars in the hole now so (laughs) we don't even have enough to get back to the east coast (laughs) there's no presents this year but next year you'll see yeah all right so now are you ready to get up into this episode yeah let's do it let's do it all right so we just got done watching the tale of the curious camera what do you think about this one brandon (sighs) i thought it was pretty good i mean it's it's just so like you know everything that's gonna happen. Yeah. The whole the whole story. You know the whole thing. But I thought the acting was good. I thought some of the characters were interesting. Well, pretty much just one character. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say it, it was because I feel the same way. I got two things though. One, I don't know if you noticed or not, but there's a lot of scenes where the main character, like, the camera just focuses on his face for, like, up to, like, ten seconds for him to, like, I don't know, hatch an idea or something. And it does it, like, three times or four times. And it's a little odd. And then, where did this story come from? Because it's so, like, I don't want to say it's, like, a basic story, but it's one that, like, everybody knows what's going to happen, like you said. 
Yeah. Uh, where's the, like the first in- introduction of this? I mean, I guess it's basically just, you know, this object is cursed, right? Yeah, it's a it's it's a specific thing though, being a camera that it yeah. shows you, you know. But is there an older version where I don't know, you get a cursed book and you write in it, and then that thing happens or some shit? It's gotta be. I mean, it's not a new concept. No. I don't know. But yeah, I liked this episode. I thought it was fun. I thought it was... That's what I got out of it. This was kind of like a fun episode, you know? Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't scary, really. It reminded me kind of of um, the Tale of the Twisted Claw a little bit, actually. Yeah, I can see that. Just like a, a magical object that just kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this shit. So this episode starts with a laugh from the entire gang around the campfire. Gary's got something in his hand, and Frank, Kiki, Sam, Betty Ann, and Tucker are all looking at it. And they're all giggling, and Sam's like, how embarrassing. So now now is the time of the episode yeah. where I mentioned the lighting and how bright it is. Super bright, yes. Yes. The In this scene in particular, where it started with them all staring at something and laughing... It was so bright on their faces that I thought they must have a laptop or something there. They're all watching <laughs> some YouTube video in 1994 or whatever. Yeah. But it, it is just so bright in their faces that I thought they were staring at a screen. Yeah, it, it was crazy. It just keeps getting brighter and brighter every day in this, in this forest. So these the gang's all giggling. Sam says, how embarrassing. And Tucker adds in, what a geek. And Kiki says, I'd burn that if I were you. And Frank looks around for a moment and then says, hey, yours isn't any better. And then the camera switches and we see what the kids are looking at. And it's pictures of like a four, like four or five year old Midnight Society members. And you can distinctly pick out Kiki on the left, Frank on the right. And then, at, the, at this time, I wasn't sure if the middle one was Betty Ann or Sam, so I said, I believe it's Sam, and it turns out to be Sam. It would be funny if there was a picture of Tucker from, like, last week, like, oh, remember, guys, when I was little? <laughs> That's what I put in my notes. <laughs> the camera pans to the right, Kiki points at one saying, Gary, is that you? And we see the picture in question, and it's right next to Tucker, Tucker's picture from the other day. <laughs> and it's this kid with this perfect bowl cut. It's outstanding. I love it. Do you think these photos are all real photos of the actors? Because they looked, they looked like they were. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm thinking they are. The one that Gary's doesn't look that much like Gary to me. Tucker's does. Frank and um, Kiki's for sure do to me. Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to post these all on our Instagram because I think it'd be fun to show that off. Yeah. Like, I didn't even remember that this part existed. I kind of remembered the story of the Curious Camera, but this beginning part, it was all basically new to me. It's so endearing, though. I really enjoy this um, introduction. Yeah. Could you imagine a Midnight Society Babies series? <laughs> That'd be incredible, and I would watch it. You know what? You know what, though? Let's, let's take a side note here. There all are right. so many television, like... In the late 80s and early 90s, they made so many adult things into children's television shows. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, like, they have a Tales from the Crypt animated series for children. Tales yeah. from the fucking Crypt. That was on HBO. 
I remember watching and really enjoying a RoboCop cartoon as a kid. What the and fuck? I, ha- I hadn't seen the RoboCop movie at that point, but when I finally did see the movie, I was like, why the hell would they yeah. market this to kids? For real. He gets his arm shotgun blasted off in like the first 15 minutes. Yeah. And that guy's face gets all melted when he goes into the toxic goop. Speaking of which, they made a children's television show out of the Toxic Avenger. There's boobies in that movie, Brandon. Boobies? My yeah, God. I'm pretty sure that a kid gets his head squished by a car's tire in that movie, too. Somebody, they play a game out of, like, running their car into children on their bikes, and then they back up and smash his head with their car. And I'm like, they turn this into a kid's show? Yep. What the fuck? Like, not that Ghostbusters is terrible, but that got a, a, an animated show, too. Absolutely ridiculous. Wild. <laughs> was there a Rambo cartoon? I feel like there was a I Rambo cartoon. It wouldn't surprise me. MC Hammer had his own cartoon, too. <laughs> well, if MC Hammer gets one, then everybody gets one. I want my own cartoon. Yep. We can do it. I'm Well, we can, because we could just like animate it and throw it on YouTube, but... <laughs> yeah, it'll <laughs> be absolute garbage, but we can do it. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, Kiki laughs some more, and she's saying, you look exactly the same to Gary's picture, which made me laugh because he totally doesn't look anything like that. He doesn't have a bowl cut at all. And Gary gives a sarcastic, gee, thanks. And Tucker laughs about how the picture from before in the middle is Sam in kindergarten, and she looks like a dork. Which, shut the fuck up, Tucker. Ugh. The camera moves to Betty Ann, who says, just so you guys don't think I'm getting away with anything... And and she pulls out her own picture of her in the first grade saying, and this is me from the first grade. The kids all laugh and Gary says, cute. And then Sam asks, why did we have to bring these things anyway? And Betty Ann then says, because photos tell the future. And I was like, Betty Ann, you crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting setup. Right from the start, it's like, no, no, that's not really true. It is. When she said that, I was like, oh, God, here we go. She's going to talk about, like, something that doesn't make any sense or whatever. <laughs> but you know what? She kind of, she kind of like, justifies what she has to say. We cut to Tucker, and he's like, they do? And we go back to Betty Ann, who's all, like, up on Gary's shoulder. <laughs> and she's saying, sure, look at Gary's picture. You can already tell he's going to be very serious. And then uh, we look at Kiki. Oh, I'm sorry. And look at Kiki's smile. You know she's going to be trouble. And we cut to Kiki and she says, you got that right. So, I mean, it, <laughs> these pictures don't tell the future, but I like the way yeah. that she intertwined Sure, that. I'll give that one to her. Honestly, I love Betty Ann in this this I intro sequence. She's, she's my favorite Midnight Society member, but she's usually pretty low-key, not very loud. Yeah, not very energetic, but here she is just full of energy. She's like, "Pictures tell the future, everyone." All right, we got these dope ass photos. I got an awesome story. You guys just sit down, check this shit out. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Betty Ann is just—I don't know, man. She's probably going to be universally the best forever. I think. So Tucker asks, "What does that dumb look on Frank's face mean?" And Frank says, "Don't push me, little skid mark." And Tucker backs off. No one answers that question. (laughs) And Betty Ann tells the gang, seriously, you can learn all sorts of stuff from pictures. The question is, 
Do you really want to know what the future has in store? Or is it better off being a surprise? And at this point, the kids have all gotten up and they have dispersed to go sit down at their places. Tucker's next to Sam. I don't know where everybody else is. It doesn't matter. Betty Ann continues saying, You might say you want to know, but what if you discovered the future held something incredibly evil and there was nothing you could do to change it? Which, what do you, you know think, what? Cortland? Do, would you want to know the future? Uh, would I want to know the future? All right, let's say you could just get a piece of paper that was like, you know, major milestones of your life. Here's when this happens and this happens. Here's when you die. Oh, nah, I'm good without knowing. Yeah, knowing sucks. Now, what if it was like that's so Raven, <laughs> where you just get visions of like your immediate future? <sighs> Everything with you comes back to that's so Raven. I really enjoy Raven Simone, okay? Have you even seen Raven's Home? I may or may not have watched maybe one episode or all of season one and two. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, I haven't. I've seen like one episode. I've probably seen a season's worth. Of Raven's Home? Yeah. How? Uh, when I stayed with my grandma last time I was in the States, she really liked Disney Channel. And we watched a lot of Disney Channel. Okay, hold on. Did you come back since Lila's been born? No, this was before Lila was born. And Raven's Home was already on TV? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. No further questions. (laughs) All right, the cross-examination has ended? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure you hadn't been home since... Since you left just, the last time. Just didn't tell you, like, uh, yeah, I was, I was there for six months. <laughs> you just, like, pop back in the States without telling me. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I like this uh, little teaser for the episode, though. I mean, um, the whole part, like, I don't want to get into the spoilers just yet, I guess. But I'm going to anyway. This whole... And there's nothing you could do to change it. That part, um, that part doesn't really. I, I don't agree with that at all. No, but uh, yeah. Good job, Betty Ann. You set up a very engaging episode so far. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I want to know what the fuck's gonna happen. So she grabs a monkey bone dust. She says, "Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society." I call this story the tale of the curious camera. The tale starts and we see just this big camera on like a tripod or whatever. Some photograph looking dude. Some photographer looking dude. Photograph looking dude. (laughs) Sorry. It's okay. Some photographer looking dude is walking behind it. And we cut to a kid sitting in a chair and the guy tells him to smile. He does awkwardly. And he gets up and the guy calls for the next kid. And we get Betty Ann's voiceover saying, some kids are born to lead. Others to follow. And some kids, like Matt Dorney, are just born victims. <laughs> Damn. This is pretty harsh. Some kids are fucking trash. Like this one. <laughs> some kids just are. Like Dean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. She's, she's great at making her main characters just like cesspools of human waste. <laughs> <laughs> human garbage. <laughs> The camera pans around, and we see a lineup of kids, and Matt Dorney is in front. He's tucking in his shirt, and he's the only one that's not in a jersey, too, so it's like, what's going on? Yeah. Is he on the basketball team? We never see him actually 
playing. <laughs> Later on, he just watches them play. So I don't know. Maybe it's the water boy or but, something. But these are like team photos. So yeah, he's got to be like, yeah, I don't know, washing towels or something. It doesn't make any sense. That's why it was so jarring. I was like, are these just regular school photos? But he's in the lineup for the whole team. I don't know. He's in a completely different shirt. I, it doesn't matter. Because guess what? Out walks fucking Josh from season one, episode two, the tale of laughing in the dark. Whoa. Yeah, it was <sighs> wild to see him again. I know. But... You know, it's weird, though. Let's take a moment to talk about these characters. So okay. the kid that plays Josh, his name and his, his character name in this episode is Callback, which is the it's a really shitty name. Mm-hmm. It was annoying to put in my notes. I just want to call him Josh. All right. He's Josh from now on. The weird thing to me, though, is that he looks almost exactly the same as he did years ago when he was just in different the hair. first season. Like his he got a haircut and that's about it. Yep. It's it's so odd to me because in just season one alone we had Bostick in the tale of the Twisted Claw, and then he got way older from that to the tale of the Phantom Cab. But in this instance, I mean these are years apart, and Josh or Callback or you know, his his actual name is like Christian something. Christian Tessier, he doesn't look that much older at all. He just got a haircut. Yeah. It was weird. But this um this character actor, Christian Tessier, he's actually in a whole lot of stuff. Is he? Yeah. He was in Wayward Pines, if you've heard of that. I think it's a book, but they did a TV show. Um no, he's he was in in, book I think he was too. in Stargate. He seems like a cool guy though. Like I mean, he unfortunately he plays like a punk asshole in this episode too. Yeah, but... I was wondering if he plays anything that isn't a douche. I don't think so. So if you've seen Laughing in the Dark, you know Josh is like the main character in there. That's this kid again. The other kid, Matt, is played by Eddie K. Thomas, who is in a whole lot of stuff. But he's probably most known for his role as Paul Finch in the American Pie movies. Mm-hmm. And he looks exactly the same. Which I guess makes sense because American Pie would be like just a few years later. But he's very distinct in the way he looks. Yeah, he is. I don't know how to describe it. I think it's his face. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a very distinct face, and he's he's fairly famous, and he's a pretty good actor. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. So back to the episode. God, I don't. I still. I just want to call him Josh, but I'm not gonna just call him Josh. It's not fair though to the character. It's not Josh. It's, it's not fair callback. that they named him Callback. I hope that's his last name. Cause what? What's going yeah, on? That's that's his last name. I'm not gonna. There's no way that they were like, yeah, his name is Colback Jones. <laughs> How ridiculous! This is the most ridiculous name we've had since season one. Yeah, but last names don't count. I guess not. So can we just last say like his, his name is Josh Colback? Josh Colback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna call him Colback. Sure. Because he's not in this episode that long, like, anyway. So, yeah. Callback walks up to Matt and asks, hey, have you have you read this book? And he's dressed in a jersey, like all the other kids in line that aren't Matt. So, he must be on the basketball team or whatever. Anyway, Matt looks it up. He, he looks the book up and down. He says, uh, no. And Callback's like, are you sure you haven't read it? 
why don't you look closer? And he opens the book up and he closes it and it closes on a ketchup packet that just squirts all over Matt. Ugh, call back. He laughs a little, which is like his signature laugh that he did all throughout the tale of laughing in the dark. <laughs> the little hee <laughs> I love it. I missed it. <laughs> uh, he sucks. I know. He laughs a little. He says, oh, guess the book read you. And Matt attempts to wipe the ketchup off, and Callback tells him, you leave that on. And so, it so Matt wipes it a little more. He's like, so aggressive. Said, leave it. It's unnaturally aggressive. And the weird it part really is, is that all of these other kids in their jerseys, they, they, don't, they don't care. No, like, he's not one of those bullies who has, like, a a group of friends who are backing him up and laughing with him. He's just like this douche who does douchey things, and everyone's like, oh, callbacks. Oh, there's callback. Being callback again. again. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> they're not like, I mean, they laugh a little bit when the ketchup hits them, but, like, they're not into this shit. They don't give a fuck. They're not like, <laughs> good one, callback. No, they're not encouraging at all. High-fiving shit, like, oh, you said red on him, I get it. <laughs> Oh my god. The cameraman calls next, and Matt walks up front to go get his picture taken. Around the corner, Matt walks. The photographer guy sees him and says, Whoa. And Matt tells him, <laughs> It's ketchup. So the man hands him a rag, and, and Matt starts cleaning up his face. Josh rounds the corner and tells Matt to smile for the birdie. And we get a close up on Matt, who didn't even Good. clean his face that much. No, not even a little bit. Like, the dude handed you a towel. Come on, spend a few seconds. It was There was ketchup still, like, all in those nooks and crannies. Like, you know, he doesn't have time to sit there and take a shower, but, like, just a little bit. Your mom is Put paying good money for these photos. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> well, the guy doesn't, like, say anything. He just takes his picture. Yeah. And we cut to the boys' locker room. Bunch of kids and then only towels walk by the camera, which is weird. And some dude yells, listen up, kids, good practice. Now, don't forget, we play Eastern Friday night with or without you. And the coach or whatever, he's got some nice permed hair. (laughs) Yeah, it's gorgeous. He looks like an adult Huey to me from the tale of the full moon. So a golden girl then. Yeah, he's a he's a delightful golden girl. So he walks over to Matt, who I guess must be part of this team. I don't know. He still seems so out of place. The the coach hands him, like, an envelope, and Matt looks at it, and the camera zooms in on it with some weird sound effect, and it's just, like, an empty... He looks at the pictures inside, it's just an empty stool, when it should have been that picture that he literally just just took. I mean, Matt's in the same shirt as he was in when they just took that picture. Mm-hmm. It's weird to me that they're handing photos out in the locker room anyway. Shouldn't those just get, like, mailed to you or something? I don't know, but at least wait until they're out of the locker room, like, changing and showering and stuff. Is the coach just going into the shower like, hey, Hey. here's here's your photos. I've got your photos, kids. The weird part to me, too, is that these are already all fully developed and they're done. Like, I mean, the the camera itself, like, it takes a picture and then you, like, it prints it right away or whatever. But this is, this is like the same day. He has the same shirt on. Doesn't make any sense. It makes no fucking sense. Maybe he just wears the same shirt all the time. Did it have ketchup stains on it? I don't know. I didn't look that hard, I guess. Maybe I'm just, like, 
freaking out for no reason. Matt looks confused because the picture doesn't have him in it. He looks over at Colbeck and then back at the picture and then looks at the address for the cameraman's business or whatever. And it's Calhoun Photography, 315 King Street. And it just says Julian Calhoun Prop. So I guess it's local? Must be local. Must be. The letter moves from the camera's focus and Matt has teleported to 315 King Street, I guess. And he walks up to Calhoun's place, walks inside without knocking. I think it's weird that he went here. Yes, I do too. If you if you got these the photo and it was empty like that. Yeah. I mean, first of all, your first thought probably wouldn't be like, "Huh, I am see-through or invisible <laughs> or whatever." It would just be like, "Oh, I must have got a test shot or something on accident." But wouldn't you yes. just tell school staff or your parents and they would deal with it? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's, that was one of my, like, issues. I mean, it's not that big of an issue because I, there wouldn't be an episode if this doesn't happen. But if this were to honestly happen to say, like, you or I, I would be like, yo, mom, these pictures are fucked up. And she would go to the school and the school would just do a reshoot, I would assume. Yeah. Or with a different photographer. With a different child. <laughs> One who's more photogenic. <laughs> Inside the studio, we see a picture of a pig on a table for some reason. Yeah, it's lovingly framed and... It's black and white. Like, it's got a filter on it. I don't know. It was awesome. I don't know either. The camera focuses on it for longer than it needs to. Yeah. Matt moves aside some, like, beads in the doorway. He asks if anybody's home and then walks further into the studio. In another room, we see Calhoun... And he tells Matt not to bother wiping his feet because it's such a mess in here already. And Calhoun is played by the late Richard McMillan, who was in Cube Zero. Do you remember that movie? I do. I love that movie. I think about it all the time. So good. I always get the... How many Cube movies are there? Three of them? I think so. I remember one being good. Yeah. And the rest being it. (laughs) Um... You know what? I don't remember if I've even seen the first one. I think I've seen the second and third. Regardless, they should make more. Sure. In this role, he kind of looks like a bum. He's a bum every year. (laughs) Yep, that's just one of the Twisted Claw references. He's got like a white shirt on with an unbuttoned button-up shirt over it. He just looks very casual. Anyway, he asks Matt if he wants some bomb-ass tea. And Matt says, no thanks. I came about my pictures. No one ever wants tea. I say this all the time. I don't like tea. I don't blame them. No, hot drinks in general, I'm not a fan of. No, especially not hot soda pop. Ugh. Ugh. (laughs) I came about my pictures. You were at my school last week, the basketball team. And Calhoun's like, oh, yeah, the ketchup kid. What is it? Want some more prints? And Matt tells him, not exactly. And he hands the envelope of pic- of the pictures to the guy as he just monologues about his past life as a, like a pretty decent photographer. Blah, blah, blah. Always reveal the inner man. That was my motto. <laughs> and Matt asks what his motto is now. As Calhoun's opening up the envelope and he looks at the picture, he says, take cash because checks bounce. And then we get a better look at the picture and he says, whoa, what's this? And Matt tells him, it's my picture. It must be a mistake. And Calhoun looks around for a second and he says, there's no mistake. This is your portrait, all right? Well, tell me if I'm wrong. No one notices you, right? You let people walk all over you? You don't take action? In other words, and he takes some steps closer to Matt, you're invisible. Get it? And he hands the picture back to Matt saying, 
The camera never lies. Yep, you're nothing. You're terrible. You're garbage. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong. The camera he used at the beginning to take these pictures is not the camera that is evil. Yes. Right? That is my biggest thing with this episode, is that this aspect is much more interesting than the actual story. Yeah. So, I don't understand. His camera, or him, I don't know if the camera is magic or he is magic. Yeah. But he takes photos and they reveal the person you are inside. That's not explored at all after this. Like, he's he's just a magical photographer, but whatever. So, I mean, I might be getting into spoilers, but here's what I think about this. Is that, I don't know how. Okay, so the premise of the story is that this guy has an evil evil camera. I mean, the curious camera, you know what it's going to be. So it's not really that much of a spoiler. But the thing about the camera is that it seems to curse whoever has it, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got this thing locked up. And I think that this premise is that it's the curse of the camera and the camera wants a new owner. Like Calhoun is just not using it anymore. So it's like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to get myself a new kid. So if he takes a picture of Matt and, you know, it creates some sort of intrigue and a reason for him to go to the photographer and basically get the cursed camera. Does that make sense? No, but I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, it's not explored at all. It leaves it up to your own imagination. But, like, I think that loosely ties it together. So you think the curious camera was the one behind this photo, even though I think it wasn't so. involved in the taking of it at all? Yeah, it's just like the, I don't know, infectious curse that it has on Calhoun at this time, and it wants Matt to own it so that it can start fucking up people's lives again. All right, Maybe. I'll roll with that. Or, you know, like I said, it's not inferred whatsoever that that's how this is going, but, I mean, it got I mean, the kid that to makes the... more sense than the fact that he's a photography genie or something. <laughs> I mean, he's just so cool about, yeah, like, like the way he explains it, yeah, like, any picture anybody takes is gonna be the honest-to-God truth, and, like, if... <laughs> Brandon, if I take a picture of you and you don't have any self-esteem or whatever, you're not even going to be in the picture. That's what he's trying to say. Just like, man, that happens sometimes. (laughs) It doesn't make it. Like, like, uh, Matt gets all pissed. He says, look, my mom paid for real pictures. She'd kill me if I gave her that. Yeah, she's probably pissed to the, the ketchup shirt and now this, like. Yeah, but. If she was so, like, why didn't you say, Mom, these pictures got fucked up, and then she would march her mother, motherness, and and fix (laughs) that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Calhoun tells him that it's a striking striking resemblance, and Matt, his voice is changing in his life at this time. So he screeches out a, come on, can't you take another one? And this guy's like, oh, sorry, no can do. One picture per customer, and I don't do refunds. I like how he's just not going to take this kid's picture again. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking picture that apparently gets, like, processed instantly. And also, this one is not a picture he can give to his parents. Ridiculous. That's great business <laughs> businessmanship or whatever. So Matt's like, great. And he starts to walk away as Calhoun says, but maybe I can give you something to make up for it. And the way he says it, and the way this is shot, it's just very creepy. Because he's an old man... Talking to a kid. Yeah, no thanks. For real. Matt asks, 
like what? And Calhoun tells him, like, maybe a camera? And Matt laughs, saying, you you just have one lying around? And Calhoun's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. There's this one camera that I think would be just the thing for a kid like you. He kneels down, and he starts dialing in a combo to the safe, to which Matt's like, you keep it in a safe? And the guy tells him, oh, absolutely. It's one of a kind. One of the first instant picture cameras, a prototype from the 1940s. And he opens up the safe, and we get our first look at some sort of curious camera. And he hands the camera to Matt, and he's saying, there you go, all yours. Matt asks if it really works, and it does. (laughs) Then asks if he can really have it, and Calhoun says, only if you really want it. And Matt sure does want that. Oh, yeah. He's going to take that home and be like, Mom, I didn't get the photo, but I got this dope-ass camera. And she's going to go, that's great, sweetie. I'll I can see that interaction. Yeah. Photo of an empty stool right here in the hallway. <laughs> well, if he has a camera, he can just take his own picture of his own self to hang up in the hallway. Yeah, sure. Well, Calhoun gets real with this kid, and he says, "Listen, kid, you got to be real careful with that. Sometimes it kind of ah, uh, never mind." And Matt assures him he'll be careful, and he walks away. But Calhoun tells him, "Hey, kid." I think it's still got some film in it. And Matt just looks at him for a second and then walks away. We cut to the other side of the photo studio that looks like absolute shit, by the way. There's just shit everywhere. Matt trips on some of that shit. And he accidentally takes like a selfie with his new camera. Which makes a really weird noise um, when it takes the picture. Sounds like a pig. Yeah, like an oink or something. Yeah, I thought it was a pig. And I was like... Oh, it's like that pig in the office that it focused on. But I don't know. I don't know why. So the picture comes out of that camera and it's of Matt's shirt, but there's like some shit stain on it. And Matt's like, oh, (laughs) the film must be off. And he looks down at his shirt and fucking boom, there's that same shit stain on it. And he looks at the picture again and there's this weird modulated sound effect that happens. (laughs) I loved it. How many shirts is this guy going to ruin? He's going to fuck up all of his shirts. His mom's going to be like, God damn it, man. <laughs> all of his shirts are ruined. All of his photos are ruined. Like this kid, this kid didn't even need a camera to ruin everything in his life. Seriously. I mean, he's a born <laughs> loser already. He is. Which kind of makes this whole episode unfortunate, huh? I guess. He should just be better. Hey there everybody, Cortland here, your good buddy and your school's photographer. Whether you're new to the show, a longtime fan, or somewhere in between, thank you so much for taking a listen. If you just can't get enough Are You Afraid of the Dark or Up All Night, you need to check out our Instagram and Twitter pages. That's at Private Island Presents on Instagram and at PRVT Island on Twitter. We work hard to create new and exciting GIFs, videos, memes, and a lot more to get you laughing when you're done listening to the show. So take a look, give us a follow, and check out what we're making. We have months and months of content to sort through, with at least one GIF for every episode we've covered so far. If you're looking to support the show, you can become a patron today at patreon.com slash private island. We have three tiers, each with their own rewards, but for as little as three bucks a month, you'll have instant access to all of the early release episodes, and you'll be sent an Up All Night sticker. Right now, I have up to Season 3, Episode 11 finished, and ready to be listened to on Patreon. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Golden Bostics, Bryce and Kathy, 
the Silver Goth Brett, and the Bronze Beth Angela. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. We greatly appreciate it. We are very quickly coming up to our Season 3 wrap-up, and we need your questions, so please get them in. If you have a question for me, for Brandon, about the show, about how to get into podcasting, what our dogs' names are, just anything, please send them to us. We do an Ask Us Anything portion for our season wrap-ups, and we haven't gotten any questions yet, so get them into us, please. Send them our way on any of our social medias. Join the Facebook group and send them there, or you can email them to us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you'd like to help us grow another way, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, CastBox, Podcast Addict, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have the time, you can send us a sweet review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser too. We love reading them. But of course, the best way would be to tell somebody how hilarious we are and have them take a listen too. Because everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? For a quick link to our social medias, the Facebook group, the merch store, our YouTube, you can check the episode description for the Linktree link. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, To a Distant Place, from Breath of Fire 3, composed by Akari Kaida. Now I'd like to play a promo for a fun podcast called Play Comics, where the host Chris talks about video games based on comic books, and how well they incorporate their source material. Have you ever been reading through a sack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to our show. For now, I'll let you get back to it, and I'll talk to you in a week. Bye, everybody. We cut to inside Matt's house. He's in the kitchen. He's looking at his camera. He's got a new shirt on. And then he takes a picture of a vase with a flower in it. When out of the hallway comes a girl who poses and she says, hey, take my picture. And this girl, her name is Amy. You don't get her name until like half an episode later. But she's played by somebody named Catherine Giaquinto or something. I don't know. She's been in nothing of interest, so let's just not talk about her anymore. All right. She's nothing. Matt looks Amy up and down and says, forget it. Might crack the lens. Yeah, I only take pictures of flower pots and my shirt. So far. <laughs> he takes pictures of nothing interesting. Ugh, right? You're, film Like, film for this 1940s camera is probably not, not easy to come by. That's really true. And he's wasting it on ugly, stupid pictures. Oh, yeah, let's see what this flower pot's got going on. So, if this camera doesn't have any more film, say he uses it all, is that just the end of the episode? I guess so. Like, I know that... There's, like, this curse or whatever on it, but... You know, this camera's magical and shit. It probably just has infinite film. Oh, yeah, you're right. It probably does. (laughs) So she mocked laughs at him as Matt walks away and takes out the picture he just took. He looks at it and says, what's this? And we hear a crash, and Amy's like, I didn't do it. The wind just knocked it over. And we see the vase that Matt just took a picture of has fallen to the floor, shattered. And Amy's like, Mom's not gonna like this. And we see the picture in Matt's hand, and it's of the vase that's already shattered. 
Switching scenes, we hear and see the flash of a camera as we're looking at some shitty picture on the wall. And it's kind of zooming out of it. And then we see Matt, and he's just apparently taking pictures of just random shit. Yeah. He looks at a window, and he snaps a picture of it. Why? I can't answer that. He walks into another room. He sets the camera down, pointed at a fish tank full of fish, as he looks at the pictures he took. We look down at the camera that's just, like, blinking. It's got, like, a blinking red light on it, like it's on some sort of timer. And then it just takes a picture. And immediately, we hear another shatter sound, and Matt throws the pictures down on the ground and runs to investigate. He looks at the window that he just took that picture of, and it's now broken. And he looks at the picture of the picture on the wall, and that's also broken, and he finds a baseball on the ground. He picks it up saying, awesome. What? No. No. (laughs) That's not... No. (laughs) This kid... We hear the sound effect of the camera taking more pictures in the other room. Yes, squealing pigs. <laughs> a huddle, like a, I don't know what a group of pigs would be called. A slop? A slop, a of, slop pigs. of pigs. <laughs> we run over to the other room, and Matt sets the baseball down, and then he looks at the pictures that came out of the camera, and it's of the fish tank, and the fish tank is smoking and on fire. Well, it's not yeah, on fire, but there's I don't know what's going on with smoke. this fish tank. A window breaking makes sense, because windows break, but fish tanks don't spontaneously combust, generally. No! Like, maybe the filtration system overheated or something, but what? I've I've had fish tanks a lot in my life, and I've never had one just, like, smoke up like that. And what happened to the fish? Are they dead now? I assume they died. They can't breathe in smoke, you know? The smoke has just, like, taken over the water of the fish tank. I'm just going to assume that those fish are dead. Yeah, he killed them. He killed them, he broke the window. Like, it's all his fault. Nah, I mean, our kill count this season so far is going to be Dr. Capel Smith turned into stone and also these poor dead fish. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, for real. We cut outside, and we see a fun little aerial shot of a trash can. Matt opens it up. He slams the camera into it. Which we zoom in, and then he closes the lid on top. Then we cut to the boys' locker room, and Matt walks up to his locker. He opens it up, and boom, there's a goddamn camera inside. All right, here's an idea. Just don't touch it. Okay. It's still going to follow you around. Yeah, it can follow you around, but if you're not not picking it up and taking photos of shit, then it's just kind of this annoying, benign thing, right? Yeah, but you know what? Okay. I have a problem again now. I've just thought of. This camera is following Matt around, right? And it yes. takes pictures on its own. So then why did Calhoun Sometimes. lock it in a safe? Because it would have just followed him around regardless, right? Yeah. I mean, he Matt essentially locked it in a trash can. I assume that if he just leaves it alone, then it's not... Like, what's it going to do? Just take pictures of the inside of his locker or... <laughs> His room? I don't know. It's going to break all of his stuff. It's going to take like pictures of his Game Boy and it's going to break it. Like, it's is the, the worst. camera just going to teleport around taking pictures of whatever it wants? Then it doesn't need an owner anyway. Ugh. Good point. Good point. He closes the door to his locker and out pops Callback, who says, Hey, Dorney. Yeah, we lost, uh, we lost our puck. You don't mind if we... Uh... And he grabs a book from Matt saying, Thanks. And he throws it on the ground and he starts hitting it with his hockey stick. And he's like... Yeah, this doesn't slide right. So he grabs another book from Matt as he's saying, let's try this. 
And Matt slowly looks at the camera that's beeping, and he grabs it. We stare at his face for a few seconds, which is the first instance that I just noticed that the camera just pans on his face for a while. Hmm. Like, it just, like, shows us the whole process of his, like, thinking. I don't know. He yells, hey, callback. You know you're a total butthead? <laughs> and callback stands into frame menacingly, and he, he asks, What'd you say? And Matt slaps back with, I heard you got the wrong end of a brain transplant. Any truth to that? What Good one. a stinker. That is such a shitty insult. What's the right end of a brain transplant? Getting the brain. <laughs> what if it's a bad brain? Well, it's callback's brain. <laughs> yeah, you don't want callback's brain. <laughs> callback starts advancing on him, saying, Why, you stinking little. But he's interrupted and blinded momentarily by the flash of a camera. And callback grabs Matt's shirt. But he gets interrupted by the permed-up coach, and he says, Let's go, gentlemen. <laughs> we don't have all day. Move it! So Callback looks at Matt, and he says, I'll cripple you later, dweeb. All right, we'll see you later, I guess. <laughs> Looking forward to it? Well, he's like, let me pencil you in. Matt takes a look at that picture he just took, and then we cut to the gym. All the kids, uh, except Matt, are playing basketball (laughs) shirts versus skins apparently um it's pretty lame it's just just basketball it's it's stupid we just see callback playing and matt is just looking at him it's a huge waste of time honestly this episode has a couple of scenes that are really just filler yeah it does and that's okay because it's not like the tickle scene from laughing in the dark you know oh god we cut to the gym's locker room, and all the kids are shaking Callback's hand or whatever. He must have a, did a good job playing against his own team. <laughs> it didn't, didn't look like he was that good. <laughs> no, he's good at hockey, Brandon. He's got a mean slap shot. Not so much on the three throw, free throws. He's got the knuckle puck. Basketball is not his forte. They leave Callback alone as he is sitting there tying his shoe um, he's sitting on a bench when the locker near him starts squeaking and moving. Jiggling. He screams as it falls on top of him. And Matt, in the other aisle, runs over to see what's happening. And Callback screams some more. And the team rushes in to save him from certain death. I mean, those lockers probably wouldn't weigh that much, honestly. No, for real. That looks like, like it, it has it nothing would hurt. in it. it. It wouldn't be pleasant, but... It's not going to kill him. If it was up to me, I'd, like, not want to be squished by a locker, but yeah, at the same time, the option, like... definitely. Yeah, he just sat there and screamed. He could have, like, scooted off of that stump. Like, the locker would have just fallen and hit that bench. If he would have just fallen to the floor, he'd be fine. Matt takes a look at his picture again, and it shows us the picture, and it's just callback on the ground, looking like he's about to get squished by some lockers. <laughs> yeah. That's the face you make. That's the face of getting... That's... Squished by lockers. We cut to a picture of Matt's classmates, I'm assuming. Matt's got a marker in his hand, and he appears to be making a blacklist of kids he wants to murder or something. Yeah. This is a a real bad look. It's pretty dark. I mean, this is pre-Columbine. Oh, so yeah. Oh, shit. Classmates thinking of all the kids they want to kill wasn't really a thing. Look, I know you're in Australia now. You don't have to worry about school shootings and stuff, but I guess I never even, I didn't even think about that. It is actually horrible. Yeah. 
He's looking at this picture. He's like, Jody Chung? Yup. Lisa Elliott? Eh, maybe. Jim Stepanato? Yup. Ben Cloudson? Eh, maybe. Tony Krieger? That's a definitely. I appreciate that you wrote down all these names. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we could easily just grab a clip of it, but I don't think I want to. (laughs) No. Amy walks up to Matt and asks if he took her markers, because... Markers are so important. And Matt's like, yeah, just trying to figure out who deserves to get their picture taken. Jesus. Just like, damn, dude. Fuck. (laughs) Amy asks him to run that by her again. And Matt asks her if she could promise to keep a secret. And Amy thinks about it for like three full seconds before saying, yeah, sure. And Matt tells her, this is going to sound weird, but you know that guy who took the basketball pictures last week? Well, he gave me this. And he pulls out the camera, and he continues saying, It's like some kind of magic camera. Whenever I take a picture, something bad happens to the thing I shoot. Yep, something bad happens to the thing I shoot. That's the quote. Oh, goddamn. Put that on the back of every action movie. Rambo, something bad happens to the thing (laughs) I shoot. I mean, he's not wrong, but man, he made it sound like a gun. (laughs) Yeah. It's weird, the bullet comes out and kills whoever I shoot at crazy it's magical (laughs) amy puts her hand over on matt's head and she says huh warm okay have you totally lost your mind or is this some kind of sick joke and matt's like no i swear it's the truth watch and he looks over and says see that over there and he attempts to take a picture of it but the camera seems to be jammed or something But it's still beeping like it wants to take a picture, but it just won't for some reason. And Amy's like, that's real great, but I'm going to go, I'm going back to planet Earth. And she starts to walk away, and Matt tells her to hold on. But he accidentally, of course, points the camera at her, and, of course, it takes a picture. Amy spins around saying, stop it, Matt, I don't believe you. And Amy steps in front of a chandelier that starts to shake like the locker did to call back. And Matt's like, watch out! And he runs up to her and saves her from being hit with a falling chandelier. Now, this part happened, and back at Betty Ann's little introduction, she says that you can't change the future. And this is what I immediately thought of when I reread what she said. Because he does, in fact, change the future. He stops Amy from getting destroyed by a chandelier. Mm -hmm. Which is fine. Like, I'm glad she survives or whatever, but Betty Ann, if you're going to tell me you can't change the future, that better be part of your story, you know? Yeah. We cut to Amy sitting on a couch. The camera's sitting on a table, and she says, I can't believe it. I could have been killed. And on the table is just a bunch of pictures. And Amy's looking at one. She's trying to wipe some dirt away or something. And she's like, there's shit on this one. But Matt grabs it and says, Amy, this isn't on the picture. It's in the picture. She's like, what? And the kids grab more of the pictures. Matt says, it's on all of them. It's almost like... And he's looking at this thing with a magnifying glass... And we see some sort of demon on the picture. And Matt's like, I think we got company. Now, I didn't take a close look at the picture that we should has been showed. The pictures that have been showed already in this episode. Like the flower vase or whatever. I wonder if they put the demon on that. Or the gremlin as they call it. I don't know. It's silly. It's just like a little stamp yeah. of a gremlin. It's, like it. it looks to me like an Atari um, space invader. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm sure I will put a picture. It looks of to me like a like a, the Autobots and Decepticons logos. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then there's just this gremlin. 
The scene switches, and we get this incredible music from a radio. Oh my gosh. And this plays for a really long time. I love it. A door opens. Matt walks through saying, Calhoun, it's me, Matt Dorney. I want to... Uh, but he stops and he looks around at this... Uh, he looks around this office. That incredible music just keeps playing. Matt says he's looking for someone. And this guy on a 90s cell phone spins around. It's Calhoun. He's got sunglasses on. He's looking rich as hell. Talking about his gallery opening up in New York. Going to Paris and shit. It's just a bunch of rich people talk. What has it been, like a day? Like, even with good luck, how much can you get done in a day? The renovations on that studio alone would be... Uh a long time. It really hasn't been that long, has it? It's been like a day, yeah. So Calhoun laughs. He's saying, I'll call from the plane. And he giggles. And then he recognizes Matt saying, oh, it's you. Look, I'm late for a shoot. And he tries telling him about, like Matt tries to tell him about the camera, but Calhoun doesn't want to hear about it. He's like, look, kid, I had that camera for 20 years. And for 20 years, it gave me nothing but bad luck. I gave it to you and voila, bad luck gone. And the phone's ringing off the hook. Hallelujah, my life's begun. Matt tries to get him to explain what's going on, but Calhoun says, look kid, I used to be just like you, afraid of life, afraid of everything. When the camera came into my life, I thought about, I thought all of my troubles were over. Uh, that camera meant power, except the only power it had was over me. It destroyed everything it shoots. Don't let it destroy you. And Matt asks what it is. And Calhoun's like, you saw the pictures. Which, how would he, it's been a fucking... That's not my first idea is to, like, investigate the pictures. Yeah. Calhoun asks him, have you seen the gremlin yet? And Matt's like, you mean that thing on all the pictures? Calhoun tells him, yeah, that little thing near as I can figure. It's all that little monster's fault. Matt asks him what it is, and Calhoun says, I don't know, and I don't care. And he walks away from Matt, and Matt's like, Mr. Calhoun, I don't want it. You gotta take it back. Calhoun turns around saying, sorry, I couldn't take it back if I wanted to. You can't give it away. I know. I tried a thousand times. Matt tells him, but you gave it to me. And Calhoun corrects him saying, no, I handed it to you. That camera chose you just like it chose me. Maybe someday you can get rid of it too. And until then, I feel sorry for you. And he sighs saying, Miss Darling, I think. And he snaps and his assistant follows him. And we sit back with Matt for a few seconds as he just like looks around. So that assistant is just like hearing all of this devious mastermind shit and just like, all right, let's go plane to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to outside Matt's house and he's walking with the camera like he's ready to take a fucking picture. Just put it down. I you know, just don't have just to carry point it. It can't put itself up in the sky hands. or down at the ground. Whatever. He could just, you know what he could do? He could carry it in a camera case forever. There you go. Then it won't appear anywhere randomly, and it can't take any pictures. Done. You could just put a lens over, like like a camera cap over. <laughs> Whatever. He is, he's holding it like he's about to take a picture. He opens his front door just as his dad is at the doorway. And of course, the camera snaps a picture. And Dad's like, whoa, hey, aren't you supposed to say cheese when you ain't that thing? And Matt asks where his mom and dad are going. And Mom's like, to the movies. See ya. And Matt tries to stop them. But this is Are You Afraid of the Dark? So the parents tell him to shut up because they haven't been out in weeks. They need this movie. God. Dad tells him, you wouldn't like this movie anyway because it has dialogue in it. Matt just stutters out, you might get into an accident. And Mom's like, don't be silly. And Dad asks what's gotten into him. And Matt tells them he can't explain, but just don't go. 
But why don't you just tell them what's going on? Show them the picture. You know? You'd be like, why did you take this camera instead of getting your photo retaken? I paid for those photos. And then he's grounded, so. (laughs) Well, Dad tells them to shut up and then they gotta go. Bye. Matt walks inside with Amy and she asks, why didn't he give the camera back? And Matt tells her he wouldn't take it. And he's like, Amy, I just took a picture of mom and dad. (laughs) The camera makes a noise telling the kids that the picture's ready to be looked at. Amy stops him saying, don't look at it. Maybe if we don't look, the bad shit won't happen. Matt tells her, we have to. And so he looks at it. And he slowly shows it to his sister. And it's, of course, a horrible car accident. Probably no survivors. Matt grabs the phone saying, we gotta call the police. But Amy grabs the camera and runs away. I love her ideas. We cut to outside. And Amy is just smashing this fucking camera with a baseball bat. Seriously, she's got the right idea. She's, I mean, that's what I would do. She is shattering this camera everywhere. Amy looks back at Matt and she says, that should do it. And the kids walk back inside and Matt's like, yeah, but what if the camera's already? And then they look at the table to see that the camera is back and in perfect health. We cut to mom and dad. They're driving. Mom's trying to listen to some music. Dad doesn't want to. It's a huge waste of time. Back with the kids, Amy. This is this is my favorite part, actually. Amy's like, all right, I'm going to fuck this camera up again. She just wants to smash something. I love that. She's like... Huh, it didn't work? Let's do the same thing again. (laughs) Matt stops her and he says, forget it. It won't work. And Amy tells him, we got to do something. It's going to get mom and dad. Matt, what are we going to do? And we look at Matt for a long time and he says, I got an idea. We cut to mom and dad and we see a big old semi headed their way or something. Back with the kids, Matt grabs some pillows as Amy asks, what's he doing? What are you doing? And then he grabs a hanger, and he takes a mirror off of the wall. Back with Mom and Dad, it's still just them driving, and also there's a semi-driving. Just so you know, there's these two things, and they're... (laughs) Tension building, but still. Back with the kids, Amy's behind a board or something. I don't know what it was. She reaches over, and she takes a towel off of the camera. And we look in a mirror that's across from the camera, and Matt's behind the board, too, saying, I don't know if this is going to work, but whatever. So behind the kids is this camcorder on a stand. So write that down, Brandon. Okay. The camera's blinking, and Matt's like, one, two, three. And he uses the hanger to hit the switch on the camera, and it makes the camera take a picture of itself. We zip over to Mom and Dad, who are screaming as just this giant semi's lights are just blinding them. Back with the kids, Amy asks if it worked. And we look... And we see that the camera is just gone now. And Matt's like, yes. And then the phone starts ringing. Matt answers it. And then on the other line is dad with this gigantic ass car phone. And he says, (laughs) hi, Matt. It's dad. (laughs) I'm sorry, who? (laughs) I love it. He says, your mom and I are on the side of the road. And Matt's like, what happened? Are you all right? Dad calms him down and says, yeah, we're fine. This truck nearly ran us off the road. We missed the movie. We'll be home soon. And I'm thinking to myself, missed the movie? What? No, you didn't. Yeah. No additional time has gone by. Almost being ran off the road would 
add maybe 10 seconds to your journey. Yeah, you'd be like, oh. You'd just stop and go, whoa, that was wild. Anyway. Let's get to that movie. Let's go. Let's get to that dialogue. <laughs> we deserve this as parents. But whatever. If they want to come home, whatever. Go ahead. Matt tells Amy that the parents are okay, that they're on their way home. The two kids give a high five, and Matt looks down, and Amy asks, what's the matter? And Matt picks up a picture that's uh, that's of the camcorder on the tripod, and he's like, you don't think. And then we look at the camcorder, and it whips around, and it looks at the kids, <laughs> and Matt yells, get down! And the kids hit the deck. As Amy asks, what's going on? Matt tells her, the gremlin's in the camcorder. And the two kids scoot over, and Matt jumps behind the couch. Amy jumps into some pillows. Matt grabs the pane of glass, and he's telling Amy to not let it shoot her. This entire sequence is insane. <laughs> They're, like, crouching down like it's a World War II movie, and it's an MG-42. And it's just like... I love it. I, uh, I think it's great that they went the extra mile of this to have it infect a different electronic device. They very easily could have had the episode end with it taking a picture of itself, patting themselves on the back, and that's the end of it. But no. But no. They had it go to a camcorder that's zipping around, like, looking up and down. It's crazy. It's awesome. We get a first-person shot of the camcorder. It's in black and white for some reason. The gremlin decal is in the lower left corner, and it's just moving around, zooming in and out. (laughs) Gremlins don't know how to use camcorders. (laughs) It's a gremlin from 1940, man. It doesn't know what it's doing. We can see it now on the TV for some reason, as Amy's, like, in this pillow fort, like, Help me! (laughs) And Matt throws a pillow, and then he grabs the TV remote, And he turns the TV off, which somehow turns the camcorder off, too. Amy runs. She jumps behind the couch. And she's asking Matt if it's safe. And he says, well, I think so. But then the TV turns back on. Amy screams for Matt to get down. (laughs) It's like, get down! (laughs) As the camcorder zips around. Get down over here! Lay down some pressure fire! fire. (laughs) This camcorder is zipping around. It's scanning the room. From the crack of the couch, Matt's arm reaches out and it uses he uses the remote to like beep boop some buttons and do stuff on the TV. And we see some scenes on the TV from back in the episode. And the first one is when Callback says, Smile for the birdie, which is weird because that camera head was not there for that. No. It certainly didn't take video of that event either. But we do get to see him scream and get smashed by the lockers again, so that was pretty great. We also see the chandelier falling. Matt is just keep, keeps pushing buttons on this remote until the TV just fucking explodes. Yeah, it's insane. I don't know why it explodes. Do you? No. No, I don't. There are TV like it explodes. There's it, it literally just explodes. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't just pop. It doesn't just start smoking and the glass shatters. No, it it, it is. They put a everywhere. like dynamite in that TV and it just blows up. There's TV bits everywhere. And the kids get up from behind the couch. They touch the TV debris. Matt Matt says Calhoun was right about the camera. It destroys everything it shoots. 
and the kids hear a car horn and Amy's like, oh, it's mom and dad. Why would the parents hog to be like, kids, we're home from that movie we didn't go to. What? What? What's going on? Then the two kids walk down the hall as Matt says, now all we got to do is figure out how to tell mom and dad. And the camera slowly pans over to a computer monitor that flashes to life and the screen flickers and fizzles to the gremlins picture. And that's the end. So that's how computer viruses Good thing it's started. in that computer where it can't take any pictures. Until they get a webcam. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, what What bittersweet irony to be stuck in a, a computer monitor from 1994. You can't do anything. You can't even go on the internet. You could infect Microsoft Paint and, like, oh. randomly spray paint things onto pictures. There was no point to even having a computer back in 1994 anyway. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> what's he going to what's he going to infect Oregon Trail? Like <laughs> This ending sequence really reminded me of The Tale of the Twisted Claw though, with the parents getting into a car accident kind of shit. Yep. That's like the worst thing a kid can imagine. So that's featured prominently in every story. Man, what a I just love the ending part. That Going the extra mile and having that twist where it goes into the camcorder, that was crazy. Yes, that whole action sequence is amazing. Yeah. I liked the photographer. I did too, yeah. Calhoun, he was good. Uh, yeah, he's is good. I feel a little bad. Um, the mom and dad there are so unfeatured in this episode that I didn't even look up the actor and actress, so if they're, like, super famous, oops. Yeah, I'll just assume they're A-list stars. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, back at the Midnight Society, we see that they're looking at those old pictures of the gang again. And Sam's like, cool. So can I have my picture back? <laughs> and Betty Ann's like, sure. But first I want to get a group shot. And she pulls out the camera from the story. And it beeps just like from the story. And the kids see it. They scream. And they run away. And Gary walks up and he says, it's only a prop from my dad's store. And then he grabs it. He points it at his face saying, what are they so scared of? And then the camera flashes and Gary and Betty Ann look at each other for a moment. Betty Ann nods her head and Gary throws the picture that it just took into the fire. And that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Very, very good ending and beginning scenes for the Midnight Society in this episode. I loved them. Yeah. Super They're cool. great. The story was fun. But you know what? The motto of the story is don't take things from strangers. It's always bad. Unless it's bomb-ass tea? It could be poisoned bomb-ass tea, though. Yeah, but that's a chance you have to take for some delicious, disgusting tea. (laughs) Okay. You know what? I'm weird, though. Like, if somebody makes food that I don't know, like, if I don't know the person and they offer me food or something, I immediately assume that it's poisoned. Like, I'm important enough to be poisoned. (laughs) Restaurants must be rough for you. Okay. I mean, like... If somebody, like, oh, the new neighbors, and they hand me, like, some cookies or something, like, I made these oh, yeah. to welcome Fuck you to them. the neighborhood, I'll be like, thank you, right into the trash. <laughs> or, like, a candy that <sighs> is, like, partially opened. Even if it's from a factory, I will not eat that. Were your parents, like, really, no, um... No. Not okay. strict about it in the slightest. I just... I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm just like secretly Caligula. I'm Caligula reborn. Uh, I make sure somebody tastes all of my hey. food before I eat any of it. I'm a monster. 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the episode. It was a good one. And you know what? The Tale of the Curious Camera, it's kind of named pretty well, too. I don't know. It's not that curious. It's more just haunted and evil. Sure. Yeah. Fuck that name, then. Let's think of something better. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> the Tale of Say Cheese and Die? <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's good. We've got to talk about that. But I don't remember Say Cheese and Die. Okay, well, let me tell you. It's about a camera Okay. that when you take pictures of yes. it, it shows something bad happening, yeah. and then it happens. Okay. I do remember that there's more than one Say Cheese and Die. Do you remember how the camera, like, dies at the end of Say Cheese and Die? No. Okay, me neither. <laughs> the only thing that I remember of Say Cheese and Die is the cover art for the book, because it was amazing. It's a picture yeah. skeletons. of skeleton family picnic, and I love it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's great. But I can tell you that the guy who plays Calhoun in The Tale of the Curious Camera plays the guy in the TV episode of Say Cheese and Die who has the camera. This is not a coincidence. Same guy, same role. Now, did you look up and see if Say Cheese and Die happened before this episode? The book came out before this episode. The TV show came out after. So R.L. Stein was like, you, I want you to be the camera wielder again. Yes, this is a very specific niche. You are very good at (laughs) being the owner of evil cameras (laughs) that kill people. Crazy. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, do you remember anything that happens in Say Cheese and Die? Like, do worse things happen to people or are they like about even? They're about even from what I remember. Because my interpretations of Goosebumps books and and the show in general are that it is on the lighter side compared to Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'd say that's generally true. Although there were zombies in Welcome to Dead House, and we have yet to have zombies in Are You Afraid of the Dark. That's one point for Goosebumps. Well, we'll find out what happens in Say Cheese and Die on that episode of our podcast, Private Island Presents Bumping Gooses. That sounds gross. It does. <laughs> Bumping gooses. Uh, Alright, well let me think here. Um, I think a better name for this episode would be uh, The Tale of the Evil Camera. <laughs> the Tale of the Hit List. Oh, shit. Uh, the Tale of... I don't know, man. I don't think I have any more. The Tale of the Techno Gremlin. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I forgot about the gremlin. (laughs) (laughs) Even though he's the main antagonist. I mean, I think like maybe the tale of the camera's curse would be good, but we, I guess we just did that guardian's curse. Well, divorced from the other episodes. That's a good name for this episode. Yeah. Cause I mean, curious camera doesn't sound menacing, which is actually what you already said. So never mind. Oh, well, Brandon, that's all I got for the Tale of Curious Camera. The next episode, season three, episode ten already. We're almost done with this season. Yeah, wow. They come, they go. Next episode is called The Tale of the Dream Girl. Who do you think is going to be telling this tale? Um, I think this is a Kiki story. Hmm, okay. 
Is it because she did Dream Machine? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> well, what do you think the tale of the Dream Girl is going to be about? I think this is a story where some guy at school makes up a story about having a fake girlfriend. <laughs> and then the fake girlfriend shows up and he's like, wait, you're real? What? And then it turns out that she's crazy. Oh, so basically he's like you wouldn't know her she's american <laughs> yep i love that and then she comes and tries to kill him that sounds like an interesting episode i would uh now is it going to be one of those mind warping alternate reality things where like she comes into the picture and everybody's like hey it's stacy hey stacy like everybody knows her and and he's like wait a second i made you up no she's the new girl in school Oh, okay. So everybody just adapts to her being there. Yeah, but he's like, wait, I made her up. Well, that sounds like an interesting episode. <laughs> Hopefully that is exactly what it is. It better be. <laughs> I don't, okay, I'm going to say though, I don't remember this episode in the slightest, like not even a little bit, but people talk about this one frequently. Hmm. So. All right. So I'll go into this one with massive expectations. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, Brandon, I've been up all night, man. I think I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to go to sleep. All right. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah, it's like forever o'clock in Australia now. So, uh, yeah. Let's end this shit. Bye, everybody. Bye. Smile for the birdie.